0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wegner. Today is such a special episode because I actually get to speak with the woman that is responsible for me being able to make this podcast a SAG signatory podcast. She is an actress that is known for shows like Gilmore Girls, Grey's Anatomy, House, Private Practice, Arrested Development, Scandal, Star Wars, Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, just to name a few. And her name is Shamala, excuse me, Sharmila Javar. How are you? Hi, Amber. How are you? I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast. Of course. This is just amazing. So I always love to just reel it back to the beginning uh, just to introduce uh, people to not only you and your craft, but just to let people know how you got into the world of acting and what makes you stay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a big question. What it's makes a big you one, stay? Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm i from Indiana,
1: actually, and I went to school in Chicago. Um, and I, you know, when I was in high school, I would do musical theaters. I started off as a singer. Um, but then when I went to college, I really lucked out in that there were Three first thing I went to the University of Chicago that didn't have a professional acting program, but there Mm. were three people who were involved in the program there: Kurt Columbus, who's now the director, uh, artistic director of Trinity Rep; Kim Rubenstein, who is a very famous acting teacher, Meisner based, and Kurt Columbus, who is, or excuse me, um, Eric Simonson, who was a, a Steppenwolf ensemble member, and he won a Tony for the song of Jacob Zulu. Wow. So those were my three mentors. And I was able to work professionally when I was in school. And Chicago had a beautiful burgeoning theater scene. But um, before then, like when I was a kid, I was always a huge fan of old movies. And I was a latchkey kid. So I would watch a lot of TV. But um, yeah, from there, I, you know, I... Remember I was, it was either going to New York or coming to LA and my mentor Kurt sat me down and he was like, you know, I think that don't worry about grad school just, you know, for me is what he said. He's like, I think you should come to LA and make a name for yourself. And then you can do three sisters wherever you want to (laughs) on Broadway or wherever, which was always my dream. So yeah, so that's how I got here. Um, And I lucked out in that I started working even without an agent pretty quickly theatrically. Um, I lucked out and got a great commercial agent very quickly, which I was surprised by because I never really thought about that avenue. Um, And then why I stay. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to, is there another life, um, another job, another choice I would want to, um, you know, that I think would be honest for how I want to live my life mm-hmm. or what I want to put out in the world. And, um, I just, I, I just feel like I'm um, an introvert. So mm-hmm. I, uh, there's something about acting for me that is a deep dive that's tremendously um, challenging, but, um, uh, it's it's just it brings a fulfilling life in a lot of ways that maybe being an accountant or being for me being a lawyer or a doctor wouldn't have done.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and the nice thing about the job that we do is we get to be all of the above.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I always joke, I'm
0: like I play a doctor on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know that's so great. And um, wow, the the level of training that you showed up to L.A. with is uh, really to be applauded because I think so many times people come to Los Angeles, you know, dreams and stars in their eyes. I know I certainly did. And then you get here and realize, oh, okay, this is an Olympic sport. And there are people that have been doing this, like training, you know, like this life's work. And that's the level of commitment that needs to happen, like to make this career have longevity. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I, I think Chicago
1: ahead. also was like a really beautiful um, starting ground because, you know, even if we did straight plays, we would have to improv in the play. There was were, there were so much fabulous theater all around. Then mm. you got to work with, you know, I was lucky I got to work at Steppenwolf. And, so you get to work with all these really fantastic actors, which yeah. you can only up your game that way. So Yeah,
0: for sure. Do you remember which job, whether it was a commercial or a um, television show, that you were able to join SAG because uh, of?
1: I do. It's a magical story, actually. Please share. Um,
0: I... Before,
1: I think it was right before I moved out here, I sent out letters to, I did research on different shows. And this was back when you could do this. I sent out letters to the 10 casting directors of those shows. And Deb Manweiler called me in for Chicago Hope. Wow. And uh, I met with her and this wonderful director named Lou Antonio. And they talked with me for a while. We worked on the scenes. And then... I didn't hear anything, and I got a call, I can't even remember how long after, and they had written a nurse role for me in Chicago Hope, and so that's how I got
0: my SAG card. Wow, that's incredible. So was that your first, like, official trailer and, like, whole kind of experience Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: that would be – I mean, like, I – you know, I think when I was in high school, I dabbled. Like, I did, I think, an industrial in Indiana. Uh-huh. and And I did a little bit of on-camera, you know, on-camera stuff. I – had gotten pretty far on some projects that were shooting in Chicago, yeah. But, um, but it was like the one that was the one that you know. And she even told me, I remember, she was like, "You should share this story with everyone.
0: These things do happen to people." And it's it was- so true. And I and I again applaud the gumption that you had and the tenacity to oh. um, make that first step because you know, if people don't know you exist, they don't know you exist, and they cannot hire you. Completely, completely. <laughs> and, yeah, and to be young and, and, and just to, you know, be going after it. I, I I hope the listeners, especially the ones that are newer to the business, and yes, things have changed, and you can't necessarily write a casting director a letter, but there are ways to be in relationship with casting directors, whether it be you know, casting director workshops or, you know, doing your best tapes or whatever that is. Uh, my question for you, my next question for you mm-hmm. is as far as relationships, um, in this business, what, as far as your overall, like booking ratio, would you say that the majority of your bookings are based on relationships or self tape audition? Like, would you have a statistic on that for you personally?
1: Oh, this is such a complicated question. Mm-hmm. Um, Only because I'm very lucky I have a really great team in place. And so I go out for larger roles. So, you know, even in last month, it was like the leads on three major feature films and um, guest star roles and stuff like that. And so what happens with that is your booking ratio tends to, well, mine anyway, I can't speak for other people, but mine has gone down because of that. Yeah, because, you know, these days, the way that the um, business works is a lot of it is name based. Yeah. And so, you know, I always joke that one of the jobs I got super close to getting to was a big, huge feature film, and I lost the role to Octavia Spencer. Oh, um, so, yeah. I mean, like, so there's... Uh, so, it's hard for me. I, I try not to um, get too attached to the booking ratio, which is, yeah. you know, maybe is to a detriment. But uh, I... Um, so, and and I think that maybe... You know, to be honest, maybe I haven't done as great a job with relationships because of that. But, mm. um, but yeah, I, I mean, like booking, like I just shot a film for my friend Pat, and and so I mean, like there, are, I tend to get jobs um, based on relationships, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I've always kind of been the person who has made relationships when I get in, sometimes when I get into the room or when I, when I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making any sense, but. Um, no, you
0: are, I'm following you. <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I, to be honest with you, I, this is a new normal for me too. So I, um, I'm still figuring it
0: out. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is that you're like, you know, you've continued to level up. And because you're now at this position where you're maybe not doing, co-stars that are more plentiful sometimes they you know they're smaller roles sometimes you can get more of them you're at this higher level where they when you book the job it's a great one but maybe they're not coming as consistently as they used to
1: yeah and i'm really grateful i i actually am one of the strange people who i love self-tapes it has uh, really allowed me to take ownership of my craft yeah And my storytelling, Um, I get to remember, I was listening to someone say it, I get like those five minutes or those 10 minutes. And I really am a person who I'm very lucky. I don't overthink them. I do maybe three or four takes. And I just Mm -hmm. have my manager and I just choose among those. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, and I do not, you know, I usually don't pay to get coached. I don't pay to have a reader. I mean, like I try to keep it as My job is to audition and, you know, the, the, when I get the job, it has to be able to pay for life and it has to be able to, um, uh, sustain so I can, and a part of it is also trusting myself and that has been a great thing on that. So, um. And did I not answer your question? I probably no, did. you <laughs> totally did.
0: No. And you talked about how self taping has allowed you to, you know, really take ownership of your um of your craft and 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 all of that. And I so love that because as much as I love the self-tape setup myself drive from South Bay to Burbank for a two-second audition, you know, it's Absolutely. like all of those are pros. And I'm still trying to find my personal niche in 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 self-taping, you know, into into you know, what works and what doesn't work for me. You know, I've tried different lighting and backdrops and whatever. So I love hearing people say that they, really you know uh enjoy the self-taping when you do yours do you um are you one that like always stands or if you feel like this character is a little more laid back and kick then you'll pull up a chair and do a seat like do you just like play with your element based on what you've got
1: yeah usually I mean like I'm very lucky and then a lot of times unless the script isn't available I'll get the script yeah so I'll have a good idea of the character and kind of who I think this person is. I mean, like a lot of times in the scene, if you know, you're at a police station and you're being uh, interrogated, most likely you're going to be sitting down for sure. Um, you know, I also, uh, you know, the, I think the thing I also kind of like about it too, is that, I mean, like I come from a theater background, which you, Mm. uh, it's such a full body experience. Right. But, on camera is like, there's just such wonderful things you can do with what you're doing in your face. Yeah. So um, I tend to keep my shots pretty tight. Yeah. Um, you know, unless it's something that's really incredibly physical, then I'll give myself a little bit of room to move around and do stuff. Um, but I, it's, uh, I, I really kind of just do it based on what I see in the script and what I feel like that character, would, it would be right for her.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you uh, earlier mentioned, you know, having a great team. How long did it take for you to build a team that you felt like, finally, I've got like all my ducks in a row? Uh,
1: yeah, that was it. I mean, like I like I said before, when I came out here, I was able to work um, book television pretty uh significantly without a uh, agent or a manager and in, uh, initially manager like random things would happen my friend Arlona invited me to a, a tea for her birthday and I met at that point Shonda Rhimes very close friend and she was like oh my god you'd be perfect for Shonda's shows and that got me onto to Grey's Anatomy which then led to private practice which yes. then led to scandal so it was always like and I you know that's how you know, one of the jobs that I wish I would have gotten was when I first came out here, I got really far on the matrix two and three, Wow! met the Wachowski brothers. And that was again, like I was at a party and I met someone and they're like, you're really interesting. And we're working for this casting director and you're trained and let's, so, um, so I always lucked out that way. But when I was on Scandal, uh, my current agent who's Mike Eisenstadt, he contacted me and was like, I think you're amazing. And my wife and I are big fans and we want to rep you. Wow. And I went in and 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 I had an a different agent, you know, that probably wasn't as well suited for me. And I just kind of connected with him. I thought he was great. And I had a management team in place who were wonderful people, but we kind of outgrew each other. And mm. Then uh, he kind of helped me figure out my current manager Darlene so it's a uh, it's yeah it's a, a team that I'm really uh, they're really good people which mattered to me yes and uh, they have a really lovely big vision which I love mm. and uh, they're they um appreciate good actors, which is yeah. important too. So Yeah.
0: Well, and yeah, I mean that the story you just shared is such a perfect example of when luck meets preparation. Yes. Because, you know, yes, you had it sounds like some very lucky encounters. And had you not been a prepared actor, that luck would have just fallen to the wayside. Um, you know, because you, you might not have been able to deliver, but you're, you know, you've got so much history and, um, work ethic. Um, and there was another thing that I was thinking of, um, as I was talking that I was going to ask you or commend you on. And it's, it escaped me. It will come back These Little <laughs> thoughts come, come in and out of my brain. I'm so, always amazed that you can remember all of this stuff because, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, based on results, I can't, <laughs> not it comes in and out. Um, but so you've talked about, you know, working on different shows and how one job. Oh, I remember what I was going to say was that the fact that you sound like, you know, you talked about being an introvert, but you also went to a tea and were at a certain party with a certain event. Do you see the value in letting yourself go out from time to time to be available to network or not even to network, but just to, even if you're just meeting with friends, you just don't know when your next opportunity is going to show up.
1: I'm like, I, it's interesting as an introvert, obviously, as an actor in Los Angeles, particularly probably New York, too, you can't really 100% be an introvert, because you're never going to work then, you know, Um, I really enjoy one on one with people. And so for myself, I've kind of realized that, um, you know, when I go to a party or whatever, I like, I'm really curious. I like talking to people. I Um, learn a lot that way. And you can also observe people and you get things that way. So um, I think networking is absolutely necessary, especially in this new environment we Mm -hmm. have, which, you know, the truth is that anyone, you know, can be a showrunner, anyone, you know, um, we all want to work with people we like, and we want to work with our friends. And so uh, I, you know, I don't necessarily go out thinking that oh I'm gonna go meet this person and this person maybe at some point will hire me for sure it's usually like oh Amber seems like a really cool person and she's good friends with my friend Ogie who I adore go Ogi hey, and Ogie. yeah hi, blah, blah. and uh so, oh, that would be interesting to kind of get to know somebody new and find out kind of like what makes them tick and, and I can share about maybe a little bit what makes me tick and then from there, you know, it's like, okay, how cool I met a new person and I haven't, an, uh, another, uh, another spoke in my wheel to connect me to Los Angeles or to connect yes. me to the business or yeah, to no, my craft.
0: Yeah. That's a great yeah. thing at it. You know, it's just the, the more people that we have in our circle, especially people that are doing what we're doing, it's just like momentum, you know, it's just that constant momentum and circle of tribe, you know, to just yeah. have a good tribe. So being that you've worked on, you know, so many shows, you've done a lot of film. Have you ever had those times? great role all of a sudden let's say cut the role out and (laughs) I have a huge story about that (laughs) oh one can you yeah
1: yeah so okay what um, was it I when I first got with my manager I booked a really juicy lovely role on the movie marriage story opposite of Scarlett Johansson and huge fan of Noah bombeck i've been since like while we we're young is one of my favorite movies and loved meyerwitz and just a, i've been since squid and the whale just a big fan of his and so that was like i came out here i love television but my dream has always been to do movies as a lot of people and so this was like oh my I'm i'm allowed to curse right yes you uh, are <laughs> okay. holy shit i was like oh uh-huh. my god like he's friends with Sofia Coppola, with Wes Anderson. This is like, finally, and it's a it's a role that uh, I knew I could do something with, that it felt like it was aligned with who I am and with kind of what I could bring in that's special. Anyway, I got there. We I ended up shooting two scenes instead of one. Um, It was great. You know, it was me and Scarlett Johansson, and she was a wonderful collaborator and stayed with me the whole time. And uh, it was one of those things that I had a friend, strangely enough, from a past life. When I first moved out here, I worked at UCLA, and he was now doing post-production color correction makeup on movies in New York. And through another friend, he was like, oh, my God, I saw Charm in this movie. So I knew I was in it. I knew Noah liked what I did. Um, I had such a great time. I got to, you know, it was just like such a a fulfilling, like, you know, he's giving me 40 takes to get what I want. And a year and, you know, movies, you wait a long time, especially for Oscar sort of movies. And um, a year and a half later, almost Mm -hmm. two years later, my manager called me and she's like, you know, my daughter was at TIFF and we don't think you're in the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. And then uh, I found out then I was not, not through anyone in the, you know, in the production, but yeah. from people seeing it. And that one was one that I'm still trying to. Uh, sure. Yeah. To kind of like to deal with. And you Yeah. Know, but I was always lucky on TV. I very rarely got cut out. Mm. Um, mm. But in films, it's kind of, especially like kind of the juicy films that I yeah. want to do. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little harder, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's such a reality, you know, that that's important. Yeah. Fortunately. And I empathize with you um, because we I used to have a I was with a production company for three years. And I remember when we shot a film, of course, we cut together the, you know, the director's cut, which was over two hours. And we had a screening for the cast and crew so that everybody could see their work. And when it came time to cut, like there was two full storylines that were cut out. So in the final edit, you know, six or seven people you know, never made the final cut, including some of my own best work got hit the cutting floor. So it's like, when I'm cutting myself out, I was like, (laughs) well, that makes you a good producer and a good storyteller. Well, you you gotta move the story forward. And it was like my, this portion was like taking it in a different direction that was making it too long. You know, and it's just like, that's all it is. It has nothing to do with your performance. It's just like slicing down the story to, to the bare minimum you now the watch- watchers what they need but it's painful so i'm so sorry that happened and thank you for you know being so transparent about it because it really is part of the business unfortunately and something very important for people to hear well and the good news i mean like the, and if there is any good news around it obviously for
1: something like that it's not tape i can get cuz yeah. the director is is a big director and is very tight about the vision um, but you still get paid. So, yes. you know, you still make your residuals and yes. God bless it. And because um, that keeps you fighting for another day.
0: So, yeah, for sure. So you were just recently in. Oh, did I lose? With- oh, you? Um, okay. uh, uh, the- Are you there? can you hear me now? Oh, hello. Yes, I can. Okay, Hello. Can you hear um, me? It, okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Um, so you were recently in Las Vegas, and were you moderating that event? Tell me a little bit about that I event that you was. just did that had to do with podcasts.
1: I was. It's kind of a circuitous route how I got there. Um, so as I said before, I have um, I was recurring on Scandal, and I did recurring work on a lot of other acting, you know, a lot of other TV shows. And the environment for a recurring actor can be um, a little sketchy in that, like, a lot of times you're put on hold for a long time. Sometimes you're shooting multiple days. Sometimes you're shooting one day. Um, That led me to kind of be more involved in SAG. And I went into a working and wages meeting for theatrical. And I had done a movie opposite of a man, uh, Bill Charlton, who is a big part of that world. And my friend Katie Vontill is too. And so they were kind of like, you have an interesting point of view that we need your voice heard. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, here I am complaining all the time about, you know, like this is happening to us in SAG. And this. And I was like, well, why don't I just uh, shit or get off the pot? Yep. And so I then... Uh, Katie got me involved a little bit more with the commercial contracts, which I do work on um, commercials. And uh, from that, I met this lovely guy, Aaron, who's part of the New York team. And he contacted me and said, you know, you're, I think you have interesting thoughts and, and let's get you on this podcast steering committee. And so I'm a part of the podcast steering committee on SAG, which is kind of a newer committee. Mm -hmm. And through that, Shane, who I'd worked um, with by doing like, I like to go into sometimes improv classes or colleges and kind of talk about my journey of being a SAG actor and how, you know, um, how you make it work. Being in the business for this long and the ups and downs. And so she thought, you know, I think you'll be good to come come to Vegas and let's moderate this and, and I'd never moderated anything before in my life. So, and again, introvert. Yeah, it it was really a
0: challenge and a wonderful experience. Oh, it just sounds incredible. There.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and it was just the timing was amazing when Ogi, you know, uh, set, you know, uh, gave me your number and we connected. That you happened to be at that podcast, you know, convention yeah. at the time that we were connecting. It was, and then it's like, and it, then it's done. Like, it, I know. It, congratulations, by the
1: way. It's, thank you. Um, I mean, like, I think like one of the big things people need to know about staying long, long in this business is that you have to diversify, right? Yes, and um. It, there are so many paths to getting your pension, to getting your insurance and these things. And it's just wonderful that this is a path that you can take to help you towards all that. Absolutely,
0: so. that I have more Con- not control over because there's so much is out of our control, but it's like, I'm not going to have to stand and wait in line for all these auditions or bookings. It's like, I can use something that I've already created to, you know, help towards my SAG health and pension. And that's incredible. So thank you so much of for the course. opportunity. And your work and the connection. here
1: is valuable, right? I mean, like you're giving information to people, you're connecting people, all of that value um, it's kind of amazing that that can be covered under a SAG contract and therefore you can then get these protections in place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's incredible. So it's, it's just wonderful. So um, before we close out two things, one, we have a listener question <laughs> really? and that is from Miss Ogie Durham. Oh, yay! yay. And she wanted to know, um, If you have a daily spiritual practice that helps keep you centered along this up and down journey that we do, and if you'd be willing to share kind of some of the things you do to keep you centered. She knows this practice. Anyway, Ogi's part of my practice.
1: Oh, I Um, love it. Yes, yes. I can't remember when. I think it's when we were in New York doing a commercial together. And she was told that me the about elevator
0: commercial. It was so you were with
1: Ruben? I was. Oh, I just
0: interviewed was... him, and I yes, saw that I next class. It. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and the four of us with Emily Berry, we just all became like a band of uh, of crazy pickle wizards. I love uh, it. Yeah. So she told me about the Course in Miracles experiment. Yes. And so I do that. I read my daily thing every single day, and then mm-hmm. she sent me these. Um, Uh, cards, they're not tarot cards, but they kind of look like them. Mm -hmm. And she took pictures of every single one and she made it into a flash forward thing. And so every day when I'm on top of it, so, you know, usually maybe six out of seven days out of the week, sure, I send her, I do my little thing and we send each other a card back. And then I have a manifestation mantra that I do. Um, And for me, meditation has been kind of a game changer. So every morning, I spend about anywhere from, you know, 10 minutes to sometimes even longer, 15, uh, 30, sometimes an hour if I really feel like I need it, doing a meditation through Insight Timer. And um, Wendy Braun, the acting teacher, and the actress has some really wonderful meditations. So I I
0: use both those. That's wonderful. I mean, that's that's what a way to start your day, right? Like what we feed our body, what we feed our minds, you know, really sets the tone. So what a great way to start. And it helps having like a partner in it, right? For sure. Yeah, no, that's great. So Sharmilla, is there anything that I did not get a chance to ask you as far as things that you're doing in your career that you may want to be talking about um, that the listeners might benefit from? Um, Yeah,
1: you know what? It's interesting. This has come up recently and I kind of was thinking a lot about this idea of, you know, we... There's a season for everything Mm -hmm. and it really is such a a important thing for people to know that diversification is really uh, the way that you get to be a storyteller in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, I think recently someone was like, Oh, you don't do on camera anymore. You do voiceover only. And I'm like, no, I have mostly on camera auditions and I have two commercials and, but I realized, I was like, oh, like for me, I do audiobooks and it's uh-huh. a way for me to make money and to do my craft and it's in SAG. And so um, I think that we, uh, I think that there's a wonderful ability now to be able to like kind of, we are actors, we are storytellers in a lot of different venues. Yeah. So um, I think that's super important for people to know. And also live your life, like- we got to be able to do this long-term and um, part of that is if you need to travel or if you want to go do something, do it. If you have to see your family, do it. Like all of this, the timing will work out the way it's going to, but you have to live a full life to be a a really good um, storyteller and actor.
0: Oh, I love that so much. You just like dropped huge, gems in the, you know, I love diversifying how you are, you know, using your craft. So important, you know, and diversifying how you are creating income, you know, because we can't always rely on the acting gigs to always pull it through. So what are some other ways that we can use our bodies, our voices, our minds to generate income to support our craft? Right. Oh, that's, it's, it's just brilliant. Wow. Well, this has just been I'm literally like hugging my body right now because I just feel so warm in, in having this conversation with you. I feel like you are an extension of Ogie and Ogi is yeah. very near and dear to both of our hearts. Yeah. Um, blessed are we that we know she. Yeah. Um, oh, I
1: like that. That's nice. I'm going to keep that.
0: <laughs> just came from the ethers. Um. So, okay, well then we will close out and I have a good feeling that this won't be the last time I speak with you. <laughs> uh,
1: definitely not. And again, congratulations for your podcast being
0: covered yay thank you and thank you in in your part in in helping that happen I close every episode by saying if no one else tells you today I believe in you go create some miracles and always believe that you can take it easy surrender to what is and enjoy blossoming into who it is you're becoming thank you so much Sharmila Devar thank you talk to you soon Bye Bye bye